0: everybody welcome 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 to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by thriving is the deal it is the real deal it is the thing that uh many of you if you hear the word thrive you get a sense of what that's like uh i I want to just share a little story but before i do i want to give a shout out to mr b hello mr benny what up pat uh today's a great day it certainly is yep great day Great day, and uh, also to all of you out there. Now, before I introduce Benny, um, the, my next guest, I, I just want to share a little story. Um, I came across uh, a book many, many years ago, and uh, it had the it, it had the most interesting name, and 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 so the book, you know, that I picked up. And and how did I get the book? I don't know. I don't know how I get half the books I get, but I but it was at a time where uh, I'm not so sure I was even doing radio at that point. Uh, and the book was called The Field. And um, it was a very, very interesting book. I picked it up, I started to look at it, and then I started to read it. Um, what I discovered is an amazing place, or space, shall I call it, for all of us to step into to understand and, and 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 really participate in this dynamically called human beings. And then, of course, I the radio show came along, and one of the first people I wanted to interview or have a conversation with was my very special guest today and the author of that book, The Field, Lynn McTaggart. Now, here's the way this story goes. She then puts out another book. Which is really not really a book. It's, it's an experience and it's called the intention experiment. And I, and I had her back on the air and we had another conversation. And from that conversation, I really got to explore and from reading the book and participating, I really got to explore, you know, what is my life's purpose? What can setting intentions really bring forth? And let me just put this, uh, this best-selling author's theory to the test. You know, everybody wants to do that. Does this stuff really work? So here's the deal. Upon having a reflection and really looking at the body of work uh, that Lynn has put forth, I sat down and I, I put together an intention experiment of my own. And it was, okay, there are some things I've always wanted and how, and to, and to want them in a way that was going to help the world in a much bigger way than I was helping them. And so I started to outline a PowerPoint presentation that had my vision. And one of the things was to launch a transformative network. Within 30 days through what many people would call divine intervention, that network launched. It's now transformation talk radio which hosts people from all over the world. Uh, it's broadcast out of New England, you know, uh, the East Coast where I'm from. And now we're getting to ready to launch Transfer Nation Network TV. And so today Lynn gets to join us uh, to talk about her latest book, another book that it's going to take me, I think, a bit longer to absorb this book into my life than the others, and it's called The Bond not only has she created an opportunity for us to understand this dynamic that we call human beings, but she also gives us an opportunity to take what we've learned, the interconnections of our lives, the thoughts we have, the emotions we experience, and then the actions that we take to contribute to the world in a way that perhaps many of us never thought we could. She is one of the most incredible people on the planet, spokespersons on consciousness, the new physics. By the way, I was never able to pass physics, so I don't even understand how I'm even getting this. And the science of spirituality. She is an award-winning author of six books, including the ones that I've mentioned, The Intention Experiment, uh, as well as What Doctors Don't Tell You, and we'll we'll talk about that in another show. But now she's joining us because she is traveling. Uh, a very special opportunity here in the United States. And so you're going to get to have an experience with Lynn McTaggart, whether it's going to be in Seattle uh, this, uh, you know, in a short period of time here on April 26th, or if it's going to be in other parts of the country, up and down the West Coast. For those of you that are listening now in New York, um, in Vermont, uh, Virginia, Arizona, Her schedule is here, and you're going to get to have a conversation with Lynn McTaggart. The book is The Bond. So fasten your seatbelts, everybody. Here we go. Lynn, it is so great to have you. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, it's great to be back, Pat.
0: Well, you know, this book is, um, first of all, it's gotten praise from people like Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson and, and, and so forth and so on. But I want to ask you, from the very core of who you are, what was it that put you in a place to want to write a book that what that I believe challenges humanity at its very core? And that, I think, is the book I have in front of me, The Bond.
1: Well, I mean, it came about because of really, you know, some personal experiences. I mean, it was... Partly the fact that I'd been thinking about the other sciences and thinking about you know a lot of the evolutionary biologists and them saying that we're born to be selfish. And then what I guess nailed it was a personal experience. Um, I was at uh, a dress rehearsal of a play of one of my daughters, and she had been chosen for the central role, and then suddenly she'd been shunted to a more minor role. And I could never get her to talk about what had happened. And she was very gifted in drama. I couldn't figure this out. And then suddenly I found out through another girl that she had been, that her friend had lied to get the part that was supposed to go to my daughter. She had lied about her experience and her position to the new director. And this was one of her best friends. I was really shocked about this. And so I tried to bring this up tactfully with her mother one day when we were sitting there watching the rehearsal. And her mother kind of shrugged me off and said, well, you know, that's life, isn't it? And I kept, I was really moved by that because at first I was shocked, but then I started to think to myself, well, yeah, that's the life we adults have designed for children, you know, and it's the life we've designed for ourselves. So it's not surprising that children pick up on this. You know, we encourage them to compete to an extreme degree at school. We design all of our businesses to be competitive. We're competitive with our neighbors. You know, we don't like it if our neighbor gets a Mercedes and we've got a Ford. You know, we're competitive in every area of our lives. Was it meant to be this way? And I was also thinking about this in relation to the mess we're in now. You know, I was wondering, how did we get ourselves into this? You know, everybody talks about all of the crises facing us in modern times, and including, um, and particularly, people talk about it being the end of things, you know, the end of days, the end of capitalism as we know it, the end of oil, the end of food because it's the end of oil, and even the beginning of the end of the world. And all I hear about is that there are ends to things now, and I wondered again, Is this the end or is this the beginning? And Mm. after doing all of this research, I've concluded it's the beginning because it's the end of a false sense of who we are because we've been living a lie, we've been living against nature. And the book, The Bond, is all about trying to explain to people that we were made to be whole, we were made to be together and to be cooperative, not to compete, and that we're in such a mess because we're living against our true nature.
0: I love this, and I love this conversation with you because you're absolutely right. I mean, I I looked at my own experience in so many ways. Of course, you know, I just shared, um, you know, how I practiced the intention experiment and much more, but, but here's the thing that's so fascinating to me is that competition, at least my experience, or being competitive is very painful. And what I've discovered here recently is being, well, not recently, actually a bunch of years ago, is collaborating is so joyful. I mean, wouldn't
1: we naturally choose joy? (laughs) Well, you'd think. I mean, I think the problem is that, I think the problem is we've been really indoctrinated with a story and a false story of who we are. And that really came about from science. I mean, you know. Science, many things write the story we live by, many things, many, many, many things. But one of the things that, that really writes our story for us in a modern sense is science. And we've been told for the last 300-plus years that we are separate entities, and in the last couple of hundred years that we're separate entities in competition. And, you know, even though Darwin ultimately changed his views toward the end of his life and, and modified them, he, his term that he coined, survival of the fittest, became in a sense the leitmotif of the human experience. We really believe that, you know, there's just not enough out there, so we have to do our darndest to get there first. And we've designed a lot of our societal structures around competition, and we really applaud that. We think this is the way we're supposed to get ahead. And it's now got to the point where we are so much defining ourselves so much as separate that we only want to hang out with people who are just like us. And we have real problems reaching across to people who are not like us. And that's what's happening to America. That's why America is in crisis, too. So I, again, wanted to address this and say, was was it really supposed to be this way? Well, we meant to be like that. And what I discovered in researching not only physics but biology and psychology and many of the sciences is that a resounding no, science isn't telling us that story anymore, not on the frontiers of science. Science is showing us that actually we are all part of a larger thing, that between subatomic particles, between our body and the environment, between all of the people we come into contact with – in all of our societal groupings there's a bond which by that by which i mean a relationship so profound and integral that it's difficult to say where one thing ends and another thing begins and that relationship is the only truth there is it's not about the thing it's about the space between things the relationship
0: i, I love think. it Everybody, Lynn McTaggart is joining me here today. When we come back, we'll be talking more about her latest masterpiece, The Bond. And how is this conversation like the movie Independence Day? Hmm. I bet you can't wait to hear the answer to that question. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with The Dr. Pat Show.
2: Are you feeling stuck in a dead-end job, an unhappy relationship, or struggling with your health? Would you like to thrive in all areas of your life? Tricia Moore can help you find the answers you're looking for. A gifted, intuitive consultant, Tricia will help you find your passion and gain confidence to move ahead at record speed. Schedule a free 15-minute consultation. Call 206-618-8601 and visit TriciaMoore.com. Move into action, one intuitive step at a time.
0: Fired of using skincare products full of unpronounceable chemicals? To eat ramen by candlelight to support your expensive candle burning habits? Well, come on down to Zenit Supplies. We have everything you need to make your own soap, candles, creams, and much more. We're open from 10 to 6, 7 days a week. Come explore our store at corner of 63rd and Roosevelt, just north of the U District in Seattle. Call us at 206-525-7997. Find recipes and more at zenitsupplies.com.
3: There are 86,400 precious seconds in a day. How are you spending yours? Celebrating a decade of teaching bioenergy medicine, Earthwalk Institute of Healing Arts in Bellevue, Washington offers fascinating, life changing programs. Delve into the theory and practice of bioenergy healing, a profound complementary medicine in integrating ancient wisdom and modern science. Study energy. Chakras, biofields, high sense perception, vibrational medicine, essential oils, and more. Each moment counts on your Earth Walk. Is it your time to thrive as a healer? Please visit EarthwalkSchool.com or 425 289 0152. That's EarthwalkSchool.com or 425 289 0152.
4: Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself? But you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com.
0: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show. For more information about us, yeah, go ahead and check us out at the or live uh or drpatlive.com or you could go to transformationtalkradio.com. Uh Lynn McTaggart, my very very special guest today. Uh, it is uh, you know, th- this is really uh, for me the best of what I do and why I do it. I, folks have said to me you know, now that you've started Transformation Talk Radio, are you going to leave the Dr. Pat show? And I, I'm not sure where that question came from. Absolutely not. I love what I do. I get to have the most incredible conversations that you all get to be part of with people like Lynn McTaggart. And, uh, and boy, if you're not thinking about some of this uh, at, at this moment, you will shortly uh, Lynn is going to be, of course, traveling, as I said, in different parts of the country. But you, I definitely want to mark off uh, month uh, April 26th, especially in Seattle, and then the 28th in Bellingham. And then she goes on in May 4th to Portland. So her schedule, everything here um, is available for, for folks to look at. If you go to the website, thebond.net, thebond.net. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me here today. I asked a very interesting question before the break. And I asked the question, you know, how is the bond uh, uh you know, characteristically similar or not to the movie Independence Day.
4: Uh mm-hmm.
0: and so most people would chuckle about that a little bit. Of course Independence Day, I know you saw that you've seen the movie, correct? Yes, yes. Right. Besides Will Smith and his breakout role.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes. But you mean how, so you're asking me. Well, I think that what we're really talking about is the fact that, you know, we have to get to the brink, which we are at the moment. And we are, you know, and that's really my point, too. We've got here. We've got to the brink and now we have to move beyond our 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 way of being we have to find a new way of being and as they do in the movie they start you know implicitly sharing they start realizing they've got to they've got to share they've got to go beyond borders they've got to go beyond just getting stuff for for me alone because you know, they won't survive if they don't work together. It becomes what I say in the book. I talk about a thing called a superordinate goal, working together for, for the good of the whole. And that's what we were programmed to do. That's the thing that's incredible about the research that I found. It, it demonstrated that we are hardwired to care, share, and be fair. You know, it's in our DNA. We yeah. automatically have a need to give Um When we see somebody in trouble, the same thing flashes in our head that flashes when we have to care for our own children. Um, there's an it's not fair button in our brain. And all of this feels so good. It imitates, it actually fires off some of the same feelings that we have when we're eating, we're doing pleasurable things like having food or having sex. It's all about You know, we were wired to feel good about giving, to feel good about connecting with others. Nature wanted to drive us to wholeness.
0: One of the things that I wanted to talk about in this context also was this idea of, you know, a grassroots movement or grassroots consciousness, as I call it, uh, versus uh, a, a macro consciousness. And what do I mean by that? And you addressed this as well. You know, there is a grassroots uh, grassroots uh, consciousness that has to do with average, everyday people having an interest in something and doing something about it. Uh, a, a lot of people in writing call it doing the right thing. Then there mm-hmm. is the macro, the leaders of our countries, for example, um, our governments, our corporations in, in, in this country in particular. And there seems to be a disconnect at some point and i've always been curious about why there is that disconnect, and why doesn't the grassroots uh, movement move closer to the middle to see action taken to get the attention of the the people that are in leadership. Do you see what I'm saying here?
1: Yeah, well, I think everybody's given up on leadership right now. I think what 's gone on is people are watching Congress behave like a bunch of children. Um, you know, the Democrats won't talk to the Republicans, the Republicans won't talk to the Democrats, and they're like little kids throwing food at each other. And, you know, nothing is happening. And, you know, I guess my message in the book, too, is it doesn't we don't have to wait for those in charge to do things to fix our country. You know, they're certainly not going to look to the bigger goal. They don't seem to be able to say it's all about fixing America, not about worrying about my party line or going along with whatever lobbyists are keeping me in power, you know, no one seems to be able to do that, but we can, we can reclaim this. And it's, it doesn't have to be big things that, that recharge your community that create, you know, that revitalize your community, your relationships, you know, your town, your city, and ultimately your country. I mean, I've found, and I've mentioned millions of cases in in the book about people who have just started on a real grassroots level and revitalized their community by creating goals bigger than themselves, superordinate goals. Um Portland's a wonderful example of this. A group group of people got together. They didn't like the idea that they were trying to build a big highway near the river. They wanted more of a of a park. So they got together and created a community, you know, at Citizens for The river, you know, the Riverside Park. And they managed to push through their aims and got a beautiful walking area for Portland. But also they created a very thriving and connected community that way. And it, and it continues to be one of the most activist areas of the country. And those kinds of things can be done and actually do things in your area. Um, but it's more than that. It's more about changing your perspective about your relationships, um, about difference, and saying that, you know, that connection is always there. You don't have to just look for sameness. You don't have to have friends who are just Republicans. You, If you honor the relationship and you say, it's not about me and being right, it's about us, then you, the differences fall away. You connect on a deeper level.
0: It's so interesting we're having this conversation because here's where I want to go 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 with this. I mean, uh, there are lots of things in the book that you talk about, and I want to get to surrendering to wholeness in a minute. But here we are in uh, amazing technology, right, Lynn? I mean, uh, we can get calls into the show from South Africa um, because of the technology, and, and it's actually not cost any money uh mm-hmm. through skype let's say you know we're so connected facebook myspace you know linkedin uh, all of the other things that are out there and so i made a statement the other day on a, on an interview i was interviewed on another radio show and i'm, I'm starting to do that more and I, and and they it was with a political show and they said to me well what do you, what do you think of of what's going on i mean how would you vote i said you know i i said It's kind of interesting. With all our technology, I said, why don't we put the budget items on the Internet and have people uh, review them and cast their vote? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and the comment that was made to me was now basically what this this host said to me is, now I know you're absolutely out of your mind. And I didn't think it was a bad idea, Lynn. Yes.
1: Because you're thinking outside the box and saying, you know what, there's a bigger community out there, and yeah. we can access them now in a way. As you say, we've got the tools to come together in a different way, in a new way. You know, we saw that with President Obama's campaign. You know, mm-hmm. he was able to marshal all sorts of people via the Internet. And the same goes for revitalizing our communities. I mean, I think there's no substitute for connecting with people nearby and in person. But nonetheless, the Internet also offers us a way to come together in all kinds of grassroots ways.
0: I love it. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Lynn McTaggart, McTaggart joining us here today. For those of you that want to chime in on the conversation, you could do that really easily by giving us a shout, 1-800-930-2819, toll free, or go to our instant feedback screen. And you can ask a question, and I will guarantee you I'm going to bring it on the air. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Lynn approaches this connecting through the space between us. The book is The Bond, but we're going to talk about what it means to see the whole. Do we really see the whole, or are we seeing... Our piece of the whole, and why is this important? You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Lynn McTaggart is my very special guest. As I said before, the website you want to check out, as usual, uh, brilliant, thebond.net. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: Hi, I'm Paul Bland. I want to tell you about my friend glutathione. Imagine each cell of your body as a room in a house that has a fire in the fireplace to provide heat and energy to optimize your body's functioning. Now imagine that fire getting out of control due to stress, illness, or toxins. This is when your friend glutathione is not produced fast enough to turn the heat down. I found something amazing that has transformed my health dramatically, and I've lost 20 pounds as a bonus. Action away! Action Way is nature's perfect way of providing the three precursors to maintain high levels of glutathione in each cell of your body. Research has shown that Action Way has the purest ingredients to create glutathione naturally and effectively in your body to control that raging fire. Please call me at 866 831 4330 for more information on Action Way and visit cn earth.com. That's S-E-A and Earth com to find out how to get your raging fire under control.
5: Welcome to Rubenesque Yoga. We offer yoga classes at retreats that focus on relaxation and rejuvenation. You do not need to be a marathon runner or bend like a pretzel to attend our classes. Rubenesque Yoga's retreats are held at the beautiful Wild Iris Inn located in Lacannor, Washington where you will enjoy a weekend of relaxation, yoga, and shopping. Please visit YogaForPlusSizes.com for more information. That's YogaForPlusSizes.com.
6: Meet Kevin. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now. I was at 35% body fat. I was depressed. I was miserable. Then Kevin consulted Seattle nutritionist Bev Kinblade, who made some adjustments in his diet. It wasn't some fad diet. It was solid nutrition. My metabolism improved drastically. My energy shot up. My self-confidence, self-esteem. It was life-changing. Find out about a free 30-minute nutrition appointment with Bev Kinblade at seattlenutrition.com. seattlenutrition.com.
3: Lower back pain. What is it costing you? Lost wages, repeated doctor visits, painkillers that don't work, just not doing the things you love. The newly patented vacupractor relieves that pain simply, inexpensively, and from the privacy of your own home. The patented vacuum works using vacuum pressure. This pressure stretches muscles, restoring the proper nerve function and reducing the possibility of disc failure. Finally, a simple, effective treatment that works. For more information about the VacuPractor or to order yours, call 800 676 9
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Lynn McTaggart is joining me here today. And, you know, the book, uh, her latest book, The Bond, is what I have in front of me. She's also the author of The Intention Experiment, uh, which is actually one of my all-time favorite books. And, um, and and we're talking about what this means, what is the bond, and do we all have the ability to To step into this place where we truly believe we are all connected. Lynn, thank you for joining me here today. It's really great to have you here.
1: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: So uh, there's a lot we could talk about, and I thought it would be interesting to to talk about this idea of seeing the whole and wholeness mm-hmm. and stepping into it. And in part of this is also has to do with the work that you've done on perception. Certainly, it's an area of interest for me, uh, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we believe that we are seeing the whole, and we'll argue for our limitations around that. So, how do we get to seeing
1: the real whole? <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting thing because we're so we're actually brought up to see piecemeal and to see mm-hmm. really only. Only about ourselves. Um, When we were brought up, you know, we we are given books like, you know, Fun with Dick and Jane. That was the classic book of the 50s, where, you know, you followed what an individual person was up to. And that became your kind of focus. Whereas in the East, you know, say a Japanese kid will have a a book that talks about big brother is there with little brother little brother loves little big brother, big brother loves little brother. And they're they're taught to value and to look only for relationship. And it really ends up governing what they see, because they are not always pushed to be individual and distinctive. So ultimately, they end up seeing a whole, you know, the whole, they, far more than we do. And that ends up really governing our lives. We get to see in a piecemeal way. We understand things from ourselves, like where the sun and everything else in the world is our planet. And that's one of our problems, and it becomes, and we, we then start suffering from what they call inattentional blindness. We sort of, you know, we fly with one eye open, basically. So one of the things that I go through in The Bond are many exercises to help people learn how to see wider, and the real purpose of that is so that we start seeing the impact of uh, and the effect of our actions on other people. And we also are able to entertain different points of view. For instance, um, the Moken, who were a tribe in, in the um, South Pacific, when the tsunami struck in 2004, killing 250,000 people, uh, four tribes watched the whole thing from the mountaintop. They were completely unharmed. And when asked later how, they said, well, we noticed a little bit of wiggling with the fish, and we noticed that there was a little bit of change in the wind, and, you know, there were some little clues here and there that we just thought the, the water was going to pull back and lunge forward with fury. And so they had been able to train themselves to see the whole. And what was interesting about this is that these uh, the children of this tribe are able to see underwater without goggles, and they can see for like 15 feet and, and distinguish tiny little clams that are brown from brown stones, which we could never do. But when mm-hmm. they tried with European children, and they trained them the way the Mokan children are trained to uh, almost uh, change the refractive view of their eyes, um, the children were able to do that very quickly. So it goes to show that it's easy to change ourselves to see differently. We just need to do certain practices. One of the things I talk about is something like mindfulness meditation, which is just focusing in on what's in front of you, whatever you're doing, whatever activity you're doing, without thinking about anything else but your five senses at that moment. And if you really tune into to your five senses, let's say when you're having your breakfast, you know, when you're, you know, just crunching your cornflakes, if you really note what it's like to smell and taste and feel and all those things, that, very quickly, science has shown, starts opening wider your eyes so that you start seeing and noticing finer detail. And that helps when, as I say, you're dealing with other people. You're able to see their point of view and understand their point of view a lot more. You don't see things from just one perspective. You take an aerial view.
0: I love this conversation because um, many people are in this place right now, Lynn, and I say many people because I don't think we actually know how many people, right? I mean, if you're following some of the statistics and so forth that, you know, you pick up from the news, you don't really get a sense of it. But you and I were talking about something really interesting before, and that is, you know, lots of folks folks out there getting up every day and really doing the best they can. They really are. They're, They're getting up. They're going to their jobs. They're making sure that in some way they don't do anything to rock the boat so they keep their jobs. They're taking care of their families and so forth. But there is this sense almost that I think this is going to be the place that I stay. And what I mean by that is, You know, it's like, wow, we're doing a great job because we have all of the logistics of our day that are going really well, and there hasn't been catastrophe or chaos in our lives today. And so I remember a time, though, where it really points to some of the things you talk about in the book, and that is this connecting to wholeness, but also creating a bigger vision. What's happened to that?
1: Well, I think we all feel we're beleaguered in crisis. You know, so many people are just hanging on by their fingernails economically. Mm -hmm. Um, People have lost their jobs. They've lost their sense of hope more than anything else. They feel that the people in charge are not working for them. They feel there's no way out. And they just feel they're treading water, if not, you know, going backward. And so a lot of people just... And they feel fundamentally that life is unfair. I think we've all taken a hit from, you know, one of the things I was interested in was the idea that when things are unfair, it, it hits us very deeply because there's an it's not fair button in our brains, as I said earlier. And when things are not fair, as they weren't, say, after the 2008 financial crisis, when so many people lost their jobs and yet bankers who were bailed out by um, the taxpayers paid themselves record bonuses. That grates with people so much. It's not that other people are making more money than you. That doesn't bother people. Thus it's always been. It's that things are manifestly unfair. And that feels like something has been robbed from you. And I think it's that. We know in our hearts we were meant to have fairness. We were meant to take our turn. We were meant to share. That's just wired into our DNA. And when it's not like that, we feel powerless and we feel hopeless
0: i love that we're having this conversation on fairness because i think i was i was chatting with you during the break and i said you know i went back to school um it was always a dream for me to do that i'm the only one in my family to actually even graduate high school but i went back to school after a downsizing experience and i spent the next six years two master's degrees and a doctorate studying the consequences of breaking promises. (laughs) And what's interesting that I found in all that research is exactly what you're talking about. There's this thing that's called procedural fairness. And even if you fire someone, this was an interesting find, even if you fire someone, if they believe that it was done fairly, they have less of an effect. But yet, here we are in a society that says, who the heck told you life is fair?
1: Yes, yes. Wow. And that goes deep. That, we just can't bear that. because, mm-hmm. And the, the consequences of it are grave. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that shocked me was looking at some of the evidence for what happens with unfairness. And Ugh. they showed that, you know, when a society is unfair, and this were, these were a bunch of scientists looking at all the countries in, in the West, They found that the more unfair the society, the more everybody suffers, rich or poor. And guess where America was? America has the greatest number of billionaires and millionaires in the world, but it also has 39 million people below the poverty line. And that real unfairness um, comes out in every social indicator. America did worse on every social indicator, health care. You know, um, health statistics and survival statistics, violence, education level, believe it or not, all of that. We were at the bottom. So everybody suffers, rich and poor, when things are unfair. But I hasten to add dr. pat i'm not Mm -hmm. talking about socialism i'm talking about um i'm talking about i'm not talking about across the board sameness and i say that from somebody who lives in the uk where there were socialist policies and i see their limitations i'm talking about things being fair and us knowing that that goes to the very heart of who we are and that is what we need to recapture and we can recapture
0: yes Lynn, let me ask you a follow-up question to that, because I had my uncle on uh not too long ago, and I speak to him, and he's in his 90s, and he, he made a comment to me. Uh and Believe me, I, when I have a conversation with him, it's a conversation that's half Italian and half, uh, you know, English, uh, and I remember the last com- comment he made to me. He said, you know, Uh, he said people you you young people like I'm not even like there but he said you young people have lost your gumption and I said Uncle Al what do you mean he said we would have never in my day stood for some of the things that you all are really willing to tolerate yet you believe they're unfair so um You know, this is kind of an interesting conversation. I want to talk to you about that when we come back. How does having a voice, Lynn McTaggart, how does having a voice, how does speaking up for what you believe, how does that factor in to creating this thing that you're referring to as the bond? I can't wait to hear the answer to this question, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by...
4: Hi, I'm Paul Bland. Did you know there is only one truly perfect food protein produced by nature? It can bring dramatic results to your health, your appearance, and overall performance. Introducing Action Whey. No other protein supplement on the market has been able to achieve the incredible health benefits of Action Whey while still achieving a taste that is better than a malt shop shake. Action Whey, for the way nature intended. Visit seaandearth.com. That's sea Earth.com for more information
6: We know you're hurt. We want to help. We're so sure Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief with no side effects, ask for Topperson or call 1-800-959-1007. That's 1-800-959-1007. the last pain medicine you'll ever need, and you can sleep on that. Is
5: Egypt calling you? Are you dreaming of taking a spiritual pilgrimage to one of the most magical destinations on the planet? Being in Egypt immerses you in the realm of infinite possibilities. The veils are thinner, your connection to your full potential more accessible, and your heart opens more easily. Picture yourself meditating inside the Great Pyramid, exploring the sacred temples in exclusive visits and cruising down the Nile on a luxurious sailing yacht. If you're interested in travel that transforms and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedman Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman author of The Temples of Light for a Spiritual and Healing Journey to Egypt this November. Call for more information, 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com.
2: Are you feeling stuck in a dead-end job, an unhappy relationship, or struggling with your health? Would you like to thrive in all areas of your life? Trisha Moore can help you find the answers you're looking for. A gifted, intuitive consultant, Trisha will help you find your passion and gain confidence to move ahead at record speed. Schedule a free 15-minute consultation. Call 206-618-8601 and visit trishamore.com. Move into action one intuitive step at a time.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive. By everybody. Lynn McTaggart joining us here today. Uh, if you want to find out more about her trip to Seattle and other places, of course, go to the website, thebond.net. You can also get a copy of her book there uh, and much more. Please sign up for her newsletter because that's how you're going to get connected to the community. Uh, that's what I have done with just about... Well, actually, all of her books. So go ahead and do that, and uh, make sure that you check out her schedule when she comes to a town near you and join in on this conversation. Lynn, thank you so much for uh, joining me here today. Now, Benny has experienced my uncle, so my Uncle Al doesn't quite say it the way that I said it. But I'll tell you, he is on my case so that I do more. And I, and I just, I wanted to kind of ask you to follow up with the question I, I presented.
1: Okay, well, you know, I, what I found that was really interesting was, and it really speaks to the problem that we have now with broken government, with, mm. you know, with, with corrupt economy, with unfairness in, you know, with the banks, et cetera. Mm. I looked at more and more what's called game theory. And game theory looks at what, um, what happens in animal and human populations when you put animals or humans in a tight spot, you know, see how, how they behave. So well, one of the games they play is a thing called public works game, where everybody in a group um, gets $10, bucks, let us say, and they're each told that they can put a certain amount of money into the pot. Um, and that pot will then get redistributed to help everyone else out. Now, initially, everybody's generous. They put in maybe $5 of their $10 in. Um, but then there's inevitably a few freeloaders who just say, no, I'm not going to put much in. And that starts getting the other people really angry. And then they stop putting so much money in, and eventually the whole thing falls apart. No one puts any money in at all. And that's kind of where we are now, where people are just pulling back from any kind of commitment or, or, or community and just sort of taking care of their own. But what these scientists also found is all it needs is a couple of strong, what they call strong reciprocators, people really willing, a little instigator types who are willing to to invade a sort of society of selfish individuals to turn the whole thing around. And I'll give you a concrete example of this, Um, and it's a fun little example. There was a woman in a big corporation, and you know a lot of people, nobody was really connecting very well there. So she decided to just leave her change in the Coke machine. And, you know, she wrote a little note there saying, your your Coke has been paid for you. Pay it forward. Now, this completely freaked out the the company. They wondered who on earth the secret Santa was, and they started creating neighborhood watch scheme type things where they had people trying to spy to see who it was who was doing this every day. So she got wise to this, and she escalated her operations and moved to another floor and started leaving donuts there early in the morning. And, you know, this entirely changed the culture of that company. It entirely changed the dinner table conversation. That one little act of generosity and kindness just rang a bell with everybody and changed the whole community. So there's that idea. Another idea is what they call the superordinate goal, everybody working together for a bigger purpose. Um, You can take people who are at odds with each other, um, and they did this in a psychological um, uh, trial where they took kids who were uh, and sent them to camp, 12-year-old boys. They had them in separate living quarters. They had them um, name each other different, name themselves in different groups. So they had the rattlers and eagles. And the psychologists who were posing as camp counselors had them also play highly competitive games. By the end of this, they had created such competition that the kids were killing each other. They were beating each other up. They were stealing their things from their living quarters. They were terrible. So that they engineered... A couple of crises in the camp that could only be sorted out if everyone worked together to fix them like they put a big boulder on the water tank so it could only be fixed if all the kids got together and helped lift the boulder Hmm. this had the effect of galvanizing the group it not only fixed the problems but it brought the whole group really close together so that they were sitting together they were best pals by the end of the thing and this sort of thing this superordinate goal has been used in so many different ways to make people close, and there's a good reason for it. When people, they find that when people are doing the same thing together in a group, their brainwaves start working in sync. People who wire together, people who wire together, uh, and fire together, wire together. And that's what we need, is people understanding you don't need to wait for government, etc. You can just start with just an act of kindness to that neighbor you never talked to. You can hug a Republican today if you 're a Democrat or a Democrat if you 're a Republican. Something like that could be a revolutionary act that will be felt through their friends and their friends and their friends friends' friends because one of the other things we know is that people feel this through networks people it, it they go down the line very quickly and affect a whole community. One simple act of kindness one simple goal directed um, uh, opportunity that you engage other people with your local community your work environment can change the whole culture overnight
0: this is really i think the uh, one of the most inspiring messages that uh, is out there today and it comes from you lynn and you're absolutely right you know we have seen time and time again how one individual changes an entire landscape right um, I mean, mm-hmm. a Rosa Parks, for example, uh, you know, a Gloria Steinem, uh, mm-hmm. many people around the globe. There are some leaders today that are saying, no more, we're not going to take it. Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you believe that we are, and let's just talk about the American population for the moment, what is it going to take? For us to reclaim our voice, because I understand what's at stake. And and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I, I understand that there is a for you to speak up in the workplace may mean that your job will be terminated. So we during this dance between what we really want to stand for and what we are afraid to stand for. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Uh, you know Pat this is a great question. I think one should never be afraid to stand for something because you are going to touch people at, at their core. You know at the core we all we all have this basic desire to care, share and be fair. It's hardwired into all of us, even the most despicable people, even the most pe- the people who have been blinded by money, blinded by work or authority. And you touch people on some level with integrity, and it shines through. And the other thing that I think is really important is not to be afraid that um, that being an agent for change means that you have to sacrifice. Because most people want change now. And I think it's about reaching across the aisle and not necessarily having to fight But reaching across the aisle to unite, you know, we're strong when we unite, we're weak when we compete. And I give you a quick example of that. Um, Pro-choice, pro-life people in Boston were decided to meet in private for several years after a catastrophe, after some people got shot in in, um, Planned Parenthood. They met for a few years. They learned to tone down their inflammatory language. They learned to just share Why they believed what they believed. At the end of a couple of years, they had a press conference about it. The press said, okay, so who won the debate? They said, no one did. We became more entrenched in our own views. So the press said, oh, so it was a failure. They said, no, it's not a failure. We began to watch each other's back. We started partying together. We started looking after each other's children. We love each other. They didn't change their views. But they went for the bigger goal. They found common ground to work together, and they just moved forward. You practically find the way forward, the common ground. And what the message I have for all Americans now is that our goal has to be not about being Democrats and Republicans. It has to be about rebuilding America and putting aside those differences and reaching to the space in between the bond.
0: Oh, Lynn! I, this is so great to have you here, and 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 I want to just ask you one last thing. Sometimes when we hear stories like that, uh, as individuals, whether it's somebody listening to a show in Alabama or somebody in Seattle somewhere else, we get we get a sense that wow, this is really hard for me to do. And I wanted to ask you because you've written so many books about intention. About things that manifest you know how do we move beyond this idea of hard so that we can move to action and thank you so much for joining me here today
1: oh it's been a delight I think you take little actions you know you put that coins you leave those coins in the coke machine Um, every pay it forward action um, and this is Harvard researchers have found not only affects the person you do it to, but three degrees. So that means their friends, their friends' friends, and their friends' friends' friends. So if you can just imagine, if you will, one little candle starting to light the world because they start to paying it forward too. So when we think, boy, this is too hard, don't do anything big. Try something small. Just try talking to that person you never speak to, that neighbor you never speak to. Take out somebody's trash one day and see what happens. You know, see what happens to your community, you know, and the neighborhood around you. Just a little act of kindness like that. Just try to come in with a smile on your face at your work and just see how that creates a contagious ripple in the whole organization. It's that kind of stuff that I'm talking about starting. You know, just being mindful of and putting the relationship first and saying to yourself, how can I be of service to that relationship? whoever it is i
0: love it lynn mctaggart please everybody make sure you catch catch her when she comes to a city near you thank you so much lynn wow uh go to the website the for more about the book and also if you've missed any part of this go to dr pat live we'll see you next time all of you are so precious have a great day Things are
4: sin.